Hey everybody and welcome back to another bonus episode of The Balanced Life with Kaylee. So today we're going to talk exclusively about Young and the Restless. I'm like 98% caught up. I didn't watch the last two episodes from Thursday and Friday, but I just want to jump in the conversation with my Y&R fam so bad, so I'm going to go ahead and jump in. So I'm just going to kick things off with talking about Lola and Theo. You know, in terms of Lola, I feel like she gets a bad rep. Like, I visit a lot of the boards, and I read the comments on Twitter, and I feel like people show no empathy towards her character. But anyway, she is upset about Theo not making time for her and not texting her. Listen, Lola was a virgin until Kyle. And listen, virginity is a social construct. But at the same time, your first time is still a big deal. And your first time with someone else can even be an even bigger deal, at least to me. So... Lola, yeah, she can totally be dramatic. Like, Purse Gate, I'll never forget that. And it did lower, like, her character in my eyes a little bit. But in this instance, I get why she's sensitive. Communication is key to any relationship, whether that's with family, friends, or boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, partner, whatever. And it doesn't take long to just say, hey, I'm busy. It doesn't. And I get it, you know. Theo, he's been at her restaurant, like, 24-7. Then they had sex, and then he just became distant. And remember, y'all, I'm, like, going to recap stuff from, like, the last two and a half, three weeks. So, keep that in mind. But, yeah, so, like, I get it. Like, he's been distant. So, I get why that would bother her and why they changed, you know, she found it concerning. And then it's like, wow, like, Chelsea comes up to you. You can make time for her, but not me. And I get it was a business thing. But still, it's like, you know, just how the switch up all of a sudden his time is available. And then also that whole thing with flirting is just the way that he operates, whether it's business deals or just in conversation. That's not cute. And that's not boyfriend material anyway, so that's another red flag about Theo that I would have pointed out and be concerned about if I was Lola. So anyway, Lola, like, her world was rocked, you know, with Kyle. Like, he did a total 180. And like she said, she couldn't pinpoint exactly where they went wrong, you know? And I understand how that can make her nervous and impact her thinking about Theo. Like, you just got out of a marriage that you thought was rock solid, suddenly just all fell apart. Like, come on, guys. But you know what I will say? I honestly would like to see them make Lola be bisexual. Like, get rid of Tessa and pair Lola with Mariah. Like, I think they have chemistry and just that concern and connection is already there between them, you know? So it's not like it's just coming out of absolutely nowhere. So, I mean, I have to say this. Like, I don't like her with Theo. Like, Lola and Theo, I don't like them together. And honestly, I kind of prefer Theo with, sorry, Theo with Summer. And that's being said, I'm not even a fan of the character of Theo, so... But, you know, I just really felt bad, like, that Lola (laughs) witnessed the proposal. And I want to speak on Kyle really quick. And I'm just so mad. Like, I think a lot of the writing and stuff, it's just changed. Like, you know, Purse Gate changed how people felt about Lola. And just Kyle's 180 and just wanting to be with Summer again. Like, it just so ruined the character for me. Like, Kyle was one of my favorites. But now I just pretty much fast forward. You know, if he's interacting with Lola, I'll watch or... You know, if he's interacting with someone other than Summer or Nick or Phyllis, I'll watch. I might watch him speak with his dad, you know, Jack, but that's about it at this point. Well, one thing that Kyle said that really irked me, he was like, it's finally our time. Sir. Sir. Your time could have been prior to chasing Lola. Your time could have been prior to dumping and divorcing Summer right after she donated her liver. You blocked it. And you know what I'm saying? But you're here talking about it's our time. There were no obstacles thrown in your way that you didn't create. You forced the reality. You forced all of that. Lola was minding her business. Summer was right there. You did all the most to get with Lola and then just flipped. 
and that's why I feel bad for her. Like, Lola did nothing. You know, he came to her. She did not send for him. She did not approach him. She was minding her business. She didn't even want to open up to him. He came to her. He begged for all of that. And now she's left with nothing. And they, meaning Summer and Kyle, just seem to have everything, you know? Like, a restaurant is cute. She has her business. But a career can't replace love, period. And, you know, probably would say she let go of Theo too easily, but I don't know. But thinking about Lola, she's young, she's impulsive, and she's reactionary. The Kyle situation, it did a number on her. And, you know, again, understandably so. First loves, they can rock you. And I've just been battling in my head with this idea of first loves and then ideas of great loves. And I just think you'll find so many people in life that will just really have a profound impact on you. And that can just really shape your view, your mindset, and whatever. But I think we can all agree that first loves, they definitely rock you. And they definitely, you know, have an impact on you for a certain period of time. And she's still young, so it definitely will, you know. And I also want to say, Theo didn't really fight hard at all. Like, he hit her with that good luck and saying, you know, I really did, like, I used to care about you or, like, I really did care about you. Like, you know, that past tense phrasing. And then the fact that he says serious relationships aren't really my thing. Okay, so then why are you here? You know Lola. So why are you here if you're not going to be trying to, you know, establish something serious? You know? And then he talks about how she has high standards. Yeah, he's right about that. She does have high standards. Sometimes she can be a little bit extra, but having high standards are good. And then the fact that Theo was being so petty and sent Summer to go see, you know, Lola and Kyle talking, that just shows his spirit. And it's not a good reflection of his spirit, just like Summer said. And I hate to agree with Summer here, but it's right. If you're that miserable and you just want to make other people miserable and get revenge and stuff, you're not someone that anyone should be with. You're not even someone that you should be with. You should work on your spirit and fix that. So, you know, I'm glad Lola has standards and she dipped out before she got even deeper with him. So anyway, shifting gears a little bit. So let's talk about Elena. So her insecurity, I get it. I do. Like Hillary is the love of Devon's life. I mean, he. I mean, but then again, you can also say like Devon really didn't care. I was gonna say like you know like Neil was blind when he really first started getting into high gear with Hillary. But I mean, he did cheat with one of those girlfriends before that. I think her name is Tyra. So you know, but period. You can just say for real though that Hillary is the love of Devon's life. And he will always love her. And now a piece of her is in this world, close by, with a shared background, them being foster kids, something to cling to. But, you know, the thing for me is when we were first introduced to Elena, she was stoic. She was tending to her uncle. She seemed fierce, strong, everything together. I don't want her insecure and weakened. And I feel like they do that so much more, or like a lot in soap operas, period. You know, not goes across the board for all of them. And even on primetime sometimes, too. But, yeah, I don't want that. There's another way to give her a storyline and to show off her range and talent. Explore her backstory more. Like, I think we had, like, a couple episodes about it where she briefly touched on it. But I don't even remember much of it. So, yeah, explore her backstory more. Give her a layered, good medical story. Women are more than their love lives. And I love Brittany. I have since she was on GH's Valerie. So I want her to shine. So, yeah, just, again, just speaking on all the things I've catched up on in, like, the last two and a half weeks. I have been so tired, but I've been catching up of hearing Adam whine. It's just odd. Like, he's just done so much dirt. So, it's like, why are you spiraling like this? 
Like, it was already clear that you weren't a good person, that your character wasn't sparkly clean from tormenting Ashley and causing her to miscarry, giving, you know, Sharon's daughter Faith to uh, Ashley after the miscarriage and making Sharon think her child died, using Ray's sexuality to manipulate him, letting Sharon go to jail over Sky and tampering with Victor's meds, which could have caused death. Like, it doesn't make sense that he's spiraling and just confused about his character and what he's capable of. Like, it doesn't make sense. And so the storyline, again, to me, feels a little bit dramatic and unnecessary. And I just I haven't found myself interested at all this whole time in the Montalvo story, including Alyssa either. And I get it. You want to give actors a time to shine. And you want to give them an opportunity for an Emmy reel. But for me, the storyline just falls on deaf ears. Also, I hated seeing Sharon get so wrapped up in Adam again. I want strong women. I want women choosing themselves, choosing something healthy for once. And yeah, it may not make good television. It could be seen boring, but it's needed images and representation. And I also want to say, I was getting so tired of hearing Chelsea groveling and chasing Adam. But then I remember she paid him dust upon his return, you know, initially. So I was like, eh, it's even. And you know, Chelsea, she wore like this red, pink, like wrap dress. And it reminds me so much of a shirt that I bought from Target, like from the shoulders to the pattern. If this was like a Project Runway episode or like, you know, one of the um, contestants collection, the judges would say that the episode, or not the episode rather, they would say like the outfits is very cohesive with a clear and solid vision. Like the pieces that match so well, like just thinking about the shirt I have and the outfit. It's just interesting that like something from Target reminded me of Chelsea's, um, you know, outfit she's supposed to be this like fashion designer chelsea 2.0 all of this so i don't know just thought i'd throw that out there <laughs> but anyway um one thing i did want to say so connor just quietly going away to boarding school it just doesn't match up with like what we saw for like what four or five months you know like how much connor wanted his parents together how he like wanted nothing more than that was stopping nothing to get that to happen and for them to all spend time together. And then that was Adam's main pitch, too, when he was trying to get back with Chelsea. But now the family is distanced, and they're just basically treating it so casually, like it's nothing. And I just want to say, Chelsea was so stupid for letting Billy know that they were onto him, like, calling him about the story. And then he's like, how do you know that? She said, don't worry about that. Like, that was just so stupid. Like, you're letting him know that you know what he's doing. So obviously this man knows you were in the office, you were fuddling around with stuff. He's going to look for a bug, like... You're not being smart for a con right now. But I get it. It's a show. And so I have to remind myself of that, <laughs> you know, because she was all surprised and shocked that the signal was lost and, the, like, the bug was found. Like, but again, got to remind myself, it's a show. It's a soap opera. Got to suspend, you know, belief for a little bit. But, yeah, one thing I would like to see, just in reference to Adam, I would just love to see, and I'm just going to always say it, for Adam and Abby to just get close and bond and form an alliance. They're always on one out, and it will also just be something new, refreshing, and just good to see. So speaking of Sharon, you know, I would actually like to see her as a therapist, you know, like in an ethical fashion. Like, I know with COVID extras, they have to be reduced. But you know what? There's plenty of people in General City she can see. Lola's going through it. She's a therapist. Victoria needed to work through her daddy issues and her insecurity and issues with Adam. Kyle needed to figure out, you know, why he hounded and chased Lola and shattered Summer's heart, you know, originally when they were married post-surgery, just to go back to wanting her. Like, he needs it. Many people in Juicy can come see her. And I want a meaty story for Sharon. Like I said, she's one of my favorite characters. 
but I, and I mean, I want this cancer storyline over, I think, at this point. And it's crazy because it's kind of like a 180 from what I might have said before. And so I'll have to concede and agree with others. But sometimes you just don't want to see those stories on screen and you just kind of want to escape life. So it's just hard for so many in different ways. And, you know, I want to speak on Sharon again in terms of her relationship with Ray. So on the boards I visited, I saw that everybody was mad at Ray for how he interacted with Sharon. And like I said, I love the character of Sharon. But let me say this, being ill whether it's physically, you know, or mental health issues, it doesn't excuse actions or consequences, you know? Like, especially with sharing people on the board, like, she is battling cancer, this, that, and the third, so he should, what, let her walk all over him, treat him, again, like he said, with his needs and feelings and thoughts don't matter? No, you don't get free reign and to be excused from all actions and consequences, you know, because of that. You know, she's not too fragile to chase after Adam, you know, then so she's not too fragile, you know, to support and understand Ray's valid feelings and to actually, you know, like, care about him. Like, Ray is not my favorite person in the world, but it's clear that he cares deeply, you know, for Sharon, and he supports her infinitely. And she disregards his feelings so much, past and present. And it's just like he's always second best to her, in a way. And that's just kind of been his whole thing, both with Sharon and with Mia. So jumping in, like I said, I'm catching up from, like, the last two and a half, three weeks. So jumping in with Amanda, I love that moment when she confirmed Hillary was her twin. Michelle and Brighton, a.k.a. Amanda Devarm, they conveyed a lot of emotions just with their faces. It spoke for itself. Like, you know, it just spoke for itself. And the pain on Devon's face was so palpable. And he's in a tough spot. You know, it's got to be hard losing someone in such a hard way to heal from. You know, and I mean, just loss is hard for anybody. And yeah, it'll get better with time, and by that, I say this thing isn't as consistently present, but that wound is always there. And it can become fresh again, and then we have to relive it and poke at it more, like, yeah, it's just hard, and that's what he's going through. And so I said it on Twitter, and I'll say it again, just in relation to that whole quad in terms of, you know, Nate, Amanda, Devon, and Elena. I want Nate to not be a romantic interest. I want him to just stand alone and thrive. Like, I want him to have a layered clinic and hospital storyline same like I said for you Elena and the same I said for Sharon I want to see more of that like let's see the career too like again like I said with you know Lola you're more than your career but for some of these characters all they are are their love lives so let's have that balance on the other side so yeah I would just love to see it I want to see Larry clinic and hospital stories for him but if he's gonna be a romantic interest I really feel like he needs to be with Elena not that I want her and Devon to break up the actor who plays Nate, though, he just comes alive around Elena. They have, like, good soap opera chemistry. And so I hate that they're kind of at odds a little bit right now. But, you know, they need that friction, too. But just to the side, um, Brittany is doing a great job. I'm happy her character is getting to do more, to be happy and to smile. Like, I mean, on GH, or I'm, I'm sorry, I'm that she's being able to do more now than just be happy and smile. Um, on GH, I wanted more for her. You know, I wanted to see her and Christina date. I wanted her to be fleshed out. They brought her on so strong as a Spencer. Um, and so I just wanted more, but the actress didn't get that there. So I'm happy that, you know, she's more full-time and usually Young and the Restless. And I like that she's getting a storyline to do, again, more than just smile and be happy. So there is that. But in the end, though, um, I do get the rage. Like, that Lena was experiencing and the anger and the frustration. Devon says one thing, then does another. And you keep coming home to a place where you're supposed to feel comfortable, safe, supported, assured, you know, at peace. 
and that keeps getting disrupted because you find out that he went behind your back for something or you see someone you know there amanda that's causing disruption and peace to your life and existence so i get it <laughs> you know and then he'll just tell elena in like a text message which yeah is communication but it's a cowardly way of communication and like i said or she just finds out about things through happenstance when she just walks in you know but elena does need to realize though that you can't erase hillary and that also amanda isn't hillary you know he loved hillary not amanda and yeah i mean you know with hillary you can't erase her they loved each other deeply they shared a child even though it didn't fully come out in the world he can't ignore her and he can't ignore her sister unless of course you know like it really does affect his mental health and let me say anything affecting this is just outside of soap operas anything that's deeply affecting your mental health resolve that get rid of that don't let it mental health is very important protect that so yeah i mean just like i was saying earlier people just have many partners in life many loves in life and that's just something you've got to understand you know and then for devon as a widow is that what it's called when like i know like for women they're widows do men still have that title i don't know but anyway he's a widow you know hillary died so it's just an even deeper thing you know his free will and his choice were robbed so um things i just want to note so i noticed they had amanda and billy next to each other in the opening credits on one of the episodes and for some it made me nothing but for me i openly ship a millie so there's that so i like that moment when Billy said to Amanda, let me be that person for you and don't ask me to stop caring for you. Loved it. They are so built. I like it. And they also like it being rooted. Like some couples on this show are superficial or rooted in lust. I don't have to say names. Y'all know who they are. <laughs> so I like that Amanda and Billy, they're starting from a friendship and that they have layers, you know, and they're there for each other when the other person needs them the most. But I do want to say again, just going back to mental health and thinking about Devon and how he feels. Elena was right about setting boundaries, and I think we all need to set boundaries in our life and doing what's best for you and your sake. But the thing is here, Elena was not really looking out for Devon. Like maybe a part of her was, like, you know, 25 to like 40%, you know. But the other, like, what, 60 to 80% of her was looking out for herself, if we're being honest. Um, but, uh, you know, just drifting back to Amanda and Billy, I love that she called him after talking with Nate, you know, she knows her real support system, and I mean, yes, because Nate's caught in the middle, but it's also because she knows her real support system, she knows where her spirit really lies and connects with, and that moment with Billy, like, you know, I'm all yours, and he's like, oh, wait, you know, I don't, I don't mean it in that way, no, yes, you do, yes, you do, sir, and it's okay, you know, definitely subconsciously meant it to be a romantic way. You're fully no one, sir. Definitely not me. Um, But I loved him being willing to reach out to others on her behalf. You know, acts of service. That's a love language. Sometimes, though, I do think Amanda is being too pushy. But I get it. The characters, they aren't Libras like me. But I know that once something piques my interest, I'm going to be obsessive, like, obsessive about getting to know more and wanting to work to figure it out. So I get that. Libras, we like chill. But like I said... Um, I don't, yeah, they're born in July, like July 1st or whatever. So, yeah, they're definitely not Libras. They're like, what, Cancer? They'll be the one before that. But, yeah, um, so Amanda, that moment when she cried those happy tears over finding a sister and just realizing and not feeling alone anymore, I felt that. Um, I know what it's like to feel alone and to feel unconnected from people, you know. So I really connected with that moment. 
and something else I just want to point out, you know, as we get closer to wrapping up this bonus episode and just tying it back to Nate really quickly. So I do peep that Amanda noticed how protective Nate is of Elena. Again, like, you know, late, they could definitely work. Just saying. I don't know. I'm torn with the quad. But yeah. So just speaking of a few last things. So Nick, you know what, guys? I totally forgot about New Hope. Like I mentioned on a previous bonus episode, I was like, what is Nick doing now? He's just flopping. He's just floundering around. Has nothing going on but, like, you know, being with Phyllis again and then, like, you know, occasionally being a dad. But I totally forgot about New Hope. And I think it's because the show isn't really making it relevant. Like, they'll have a couple of meetings, him and Devon. But it eventually goes into something else, their conversation. I mean, like most soap operas, but... They don't make New Hope relevant. It's not something that we really actively see on screen like that. And it just reminded me, like, the last time I was really excited about Nick, like, as a character, was when he last turned against Victor and launched Dark Horse. I don't know. His character just seems there. And just like in real life, I want so much for other people. In soap opera life, I want so much for other characters and people, too. So, anyways... That wraps up this special edition episode for Young and the Restless. You can definitely look forward to another bonus episode in your future. And for those of you who watch GH as well, and just in general, I want GH people to know I got y'all next week. The next bonus episode that comes out, it'll be just for you. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Stay safe. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Love you all. Thank you so much. Have a great day.